Good evening, everyone. This is Brandon with 238 Media, bringing to you today a special installment of a subject that I think needs to be had. And I think uh, we need to encourage it among apostolic Pentecostals, especially. I'm going to be discussing today the unfortunate uh, demise of the young man by the name of DJ Stephen Twitch, uh, who has unfortunately passed uh, due to suicide. And I want to foster a conversation that's really tailored from a apostolic Pentecostal worldview of the challenges that are related to being a minister in a world with problems and various challenges. So, hey, let somebody know um, that we're about to get started. This is going to be a great conversation. Again, I'm glad that you've come by today and I am going to be discussing the uh, untimely demise again of the young man by the name more commonly known within pop culture as DJ Steven Twitch. And I think sometimes, especially for us who are living in an apostolic uh, guess paradigm or very much immersed in uh, all things that are oneness, so to speak. It's very easy for us to lose the pulse over what's happening in the larger secular culture or things that are really kind of taking the attention of the world. And right now, there is probably a great deal of attention being given to the demise of this young man. Uh, He's trending on Twitter and other various social media platforms. And the reason Uh, That his death has been so widely uh, noticed is because of his pivotal role that he has played on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And based upon news reports, uh, there had seemingly been some undiagnosed instances of uh, what seemed to be maybe uh, depression or mental illness or things like that, that this young man was apparently uh, dealing with. and. It kind of seemingly caught a lot of people by surprise uh, because as I was listening to interviews, it seemed that a lot of people really didn't even know that this young man was battling with some of the challenges that he was battling with. And it is a lot of hurt. There is a lot of confusion. And I want to just say on the first part of it, to all of those who may be aware or maybe connected, my condolences are really praying for you and that family that the Lord uh, God of all peace comforts you because he did leave three children behind. And for that, uh, you do have my condolences. But what is of most special interest to me uh, and to you in an apostolic perspective is that I begin to think about how many among us who actually struggle with feelings of inadequacy, feelings of not being good enough And I think about these things because one of the things I was watching one of his interviews, because I believe he started dancing later in life, that he struggled with always feeling that he was catching up. And I think it's very easy to relegate what other people are experiencing, especially in a secular context, and hedge ourselves psychologically as if some of these things do not happen to us in ministry. This subject hopefully will spur more healthy conversations on how to identify when people are having struggles with these things. But 
I think that we are going to also have to understand that there are a lot of people who are probably in apostolic churches who are dealing with the same thing. I was reading a um an article a little while ago, uh, and it's called Why Pastors Are Committing Suicide. And it's uh uh printed by the Gospel Coalition, and I'll leave a link of that below so you can take a look at it for yourself. But what's very interesting, and I think especially within a traditional Pentecostal context, the Pentecostal minister has always had to be responsible and be an expert in things that he may not have necessarily been formally trained or given the the preparation for. But because of the great spiritual need, uh, many of the parishioners, the minister was the only person that they could get a hold of for help. Whether it was counseling, uh, health sickness, and so a lot of these ministers did the best that they could with what they had. And they, of course, by the grace of God. But what has commonly been the case in more than many situations is that uh, many of these ministers, and even today with a lot of modern contemporary Pentecostal context, they have not had these help to be able to not only help their parishioners with taking their mental health to the next uh, place of wholeness, but they themselves have not seen the actual uh, holistic healing that they would need in these areas. And the article by the Gospel Coalition, and I'm just going to read and give my commentary as we go along. It says a few years before Craig Sanders lost his father to suicide, a music pastor in their South Carolina town took his life. I remember the superficial and judgmental anger I had towards him, Sanders said. How could you do that to your daughters? What a selfish act. When his own father, Larry, pastor plagued with depression and insecurity died, Sanders was also angry at him. But it wasn't the same. This time he sought to understand the complexities of mental health and other issues behind his dad's decision to take his life. Sanders felt hurt at being left behind and frustrated with a pastorate that doesn't make it easy to get help. I remember the last conversation with him on the phone. He said, and this is Craig's father, Craig, I'm a failure and I don't believe what I was hearing. I said, Dad, you're my hero. Do you understand that all my life I've tried to measure up to you? I'm at seminary because I want to be like you. Larry's depression, which was in part biological, had likely worsened from his diabetes medication, church conflicts, an unhealthy comparison with other ministers, Sanders said. He really got stuck in the comparison game. He was doing a doctorate of ministry degree and reading books on church growth, looking at models of how to make your church grow. He was like, if I'm doing these things and my church isn't growing, what does that say about me? Unfortunately, as you may know, is that this is indicative of a lot of issues that sometimes plague apostolic ministers that we are giving yourself, you're experiencing things. And unfortunately there is not always a healthy outlet for the apostolic Pentecostal minister to address his own mental health needs. According to a national uh, trend statistic by the same article, 
The number of suicides in the United States increased 24 percent from 1999 to 2014, gaining momentum after 2006 when the increase each year jumped between one to two percent, according to the Centers for Disease Control. The biggest jump was among the adolescent girl age group and men between age 45 to 64. And that age 45 is probably what they typologically call the midlife crisis age. It's no surprise that more than half of Americans believe suicide is an epidemic. 56% believe this, according to the Lifeway Research Study. Most said that they don't think that those who take their own lives are selfish. 55% disagree uh, uh, that it's selfish and 9% aren't sure. Or they're not really, I guess, committed to a position either the way. Among evangelicals, however, 44% say committing suicide was selfish compared to the 36% nationality, no, excuse me, 36% nationally, and 32% said that those who commit suicide are going to hell compared to 23%. What's interesting about this is that it is indicative of a larger trend that is taking place as it relates to men and women's feelings of hopelessness. And it was commonly assumed in many uh, places that because of a person's faith position that it could possibly hedge them from the possibility of not experiencing. But my suspicion is very simple, that if these trends are true among non-apostolics, to what extent can we have this measured among us that we might need to be cognitively aware of? And I feel that probably one of the demographics that are at most risk for needing help and who feel the sociological and societal uh, uh, reverberations more often are those in pastoral ministries by the simple fact that they are in more practical proximity to the people that they serve. So in our next segment, we're going to pick up this thought and we're going to really focus on the issues of pastoral stress and these things that relate to pastoral suicide and a growing trend by taking account the evidence from the Southern Baptist Convention and just trying to think about these in terms of an apostolic Pentecostal worldview. And so, hey, hang on and we'll be right back. And again, as stated in the previous state uh, segment, we are looking at this research from the Southern Baptist Convention and looking at it through the lens of if this pertained to apostolic ministers, which I have a suspicion that usually what is happening to our denominal counterparts isn't probably too far removed from our current or potential reality. Now, as the article by the Gospel Coalition begins to articulate that pastors aren't immune to the rising suicide rates. More than half of pastors have counseled people who were later diagnosed with a mental illness themselves, actually about 59%. And about a quarter say they have experienced some type of mental illness themselves, 23%. According to Lifeway, 12% have been diagnosed with a mental health condition. Chuck Hanford, a clinical uh, psychologist who consults for the Southern Baptist Convention, said he believes the rate of pastors committing suicide has increased during his 30 years of practice, and he expects the numbers to rise. Being a pastor, as he says, 
is a dangerous job, quote unquote, especially in certain evangelical circles where you have more of a fundamentalist orientation theologically. You find pastors who will reduce their depression or their negative thought processes to strictly spiritual problems. I think this is potentially, especially in my opinion, a reality that could affect many of us who are Pentecostal, because I think one of the things that we as Pentecostal people are very sensitive to is being called crazy, uh, because during much of our reformational history, there has always been this energy that we've had to invest into conversation and dialogue to demonstrate our mental fitness and saneness that because I believe I'm speaking in tongues, I'm, I'm not like mentally off. And so I think if we're not careful, sometimes that pride issue could lend itself to not deal with some things that could have a solution. As the research will go on that a 2013 uh, LifeWay survey found that 48% of self-identified evangelical fundamentalists or born-again Christians believe prayer and Bible study alone can overcome mental illness. Now, theologically, I can't say that that's not the case. Because I do believe there is a certain element of problems as it relates to mental fit, fitness and mental health that do have issues in a spiritual dimension. Uh, we have to be careful to not forget about instances uh, of mental illness, uh, even in the Gospels, that are uh, deemed as having a spiritual root. But I think the mistake would be to assume that because uh, some issues are demonic in origin, that this must necessarily mean that all issues of mental health are demonic in origin. I think this is a part of having a balanced approach to the text, especially as being continuationist and our worldview spiritually. I believe in one portion of scripture, Paul talked about how we should care for the feeble minded. Now, this is in a context where the apostles were actively being used in healing, but there were obviously those who were not healed. And one of the areas of deficiency physically as it related to was the mind. So what this speaks to me about is the reality that a person can be unusually anointed and naturally plagued, that the anointing or being filled with the Holy Ghost does not eliminate natural proclivities of this life because of the fallen state of humanity. And because as Pentecostals, we have to dance with the tension of knowing that God is a healer today and that he is actively near his people and moving in our lives in active and many times tangible ways. But we have to, in the same time, acknowledge his sovereignty that in every situation, God may not use a what we would consider a traditionally supernatural medium in terms of Pentecostalism to bring about the deliverance or the tools needed to, to cope through uh, situations. And this can be very awkward at times, especially when you have a lot of what I just consider uh, Pentecostal uh, witch hunts led by like John MacArthur and the Strange Fire Conference and things like that that are going on where it's really more of an identification of NAR 
uh, New Apostolic Reformation type teaching and extreme theological orientations with Pentecostal accents. And it's being used to weaponize against those of us who identify more as a classical orientation to Pentecostalism, who would readily reject a lot of the nonsense like at Bethel. So I think these are things that really have to be thought about. And I think because within earlier of our tradition, most of the people who were really persecuting us were those who were of the academic uh, persuasion. Uh, and it's always important. And I'm going to do another podcast on the context of uh, modernism within the rise of Azusa street and, uh, and its effect in, 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 the, in the social context. But I think there is a way to integrate healthy social counseling uh, and, and, and mentorship, things like that, that will help not only the saints of God, but spiritual leaders. And I thank God for the United Pentecostal Church, because there's actually the uh, Center, I believe, for Apostolic Counseling, where you have the uh, ability to speak with licensed counselors who exist in an apostolic Pentecostal worldview, uh, who understand the paradigm. But I think especially as we await the coming of the Lord and we consistently give ourselves more to the things of God, I think these resources are going to be consistently more needed. Uh, not to say that God isn't a deliverer, but we have to be willing to accept the help that God provides in whatever form that it may come. So, in conclusion, I just want to again send my condolences to this young man and his family. Very, uh, my heart really goes out to his three children that he's left behind, and I'm going to pray that the name of Jesus help you through this. And as always, it is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name.